What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Rise, Kill, Eat podcast. My name is Tyler Pruitt, and I am the host of this show. Again, thank you for listening today. Thank you for choosing to listen to the Rise, Kill, Eat podcast today. I really do appreciate you guys taking a chance with me today and checking out what the Rise, Kill, Eat podcast is all about. So the Rise, Kill, Eat podcast is a show all for people who love God, freedom, and the great outdoors. So those are really the things that we value the most. Those are the things that we, and by we, I mean myself, and then, of course, my the guests that come on the show. We all love this idea of recognizing God as the creator. We love this idea of being able to get out into the woods and to pursue freedom in hunting, to pursue freedom in just being outside in nature, and to, of course, pursue wild animals in the form of hunting. So if you love God, freedom, and the great outdoors, go ahead and subscribe to this show. That way you don't miss out on any of the future episodes that are coming up. I'm really excited for the lineup that's coming up here in the near future. I think you guys are really going to like the guests and the topics that are going to be covered this fall and this hunting season. So I'm really excited to be able to share that with you guys. So make sure you click subscribe if you haven't already. That way you don't miss out on any of those future episodes. If you're a returning listener to the Rise Kill Eat podcast, thank you for returning. Thank you for coming back for another episode. I'm glad that you are enjoying what you're hearing. I'm glad that you are finding some value in the things that we're talking about here on the show. So thank you so much for returning for another episode. And I've got a real good one for you today. So today on the Rice Kill Eight podcast, I've got Dr. Preston Ward. So Dr. Ward is a physical therapist from Utah, and he is the owner of Mountain Physio. So Mountain Physio is a physical therapy service that Dr. Ward offers for mountain athletes and for hunters. And I'm really excited to be able to share this episode with you because he really pulls the curtain back on what it means to be a true mountain athlete and what it means to be somebody who loves helping people and somebody who has the mission of making sure that other people are enjoying the outdoors as much as possible. And the way he does that is basically by helping them physically, which of course is going to help them emotionally and mentally as well. So I'm really excited to be able to share this episode with you. So Dr. Ward gets into some of his most recent hunts that he's gone on in the past few weeks with elk out there in Utah. And we get into a lot of different things from everything from, from family to balancing hunting and family and work and just We really get into a lot of different topics, and I think you guys are going to enjoy what you guys hear today. So before we do that, I just want to invite you guys to check us out on social media. So you can find us on Instagram at at RKE Afield. So that's at RKE, as in Rise, Kill, Eat, Afield. And then you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash RKE Afield. We also have a website, so that's rkeafield.com. So again, that's R-K-E, as in rise, kill, eat, afield.com. So be sure to check that out. We got all of our merchandise there. We've got all of our hats, our shirts, everything there. So be sure to check us out. And if you really want to support the show on a different level, on a whole new level, then go ahead and get you one of those hats and get you one of those shirts, and we'll send it to you right away send it to you as early as possible so check us out there again that's rkeafield.com and then we're on instagram and facebook and i'm in the process of getting some of our past episodes uploaded to youtube so it'll be some of the recordings that i've done with some of the great people like jeff danker uh this one right here with dr ward uh josh carney jack carr 
Amy Hall. I mean, I've had some pretty incredible people that I've talked with on the Rise Elite podcast. And being able to share these conversations with you guys is something that I really am blessed to be able to do. So thank you guys for being here today. So I wanted to keep the announcements short today. So without further ado, this is episode number 22 of the Rise Kill Eat podcast, Mountain Physio with Dr. Preston Ward. Enjoy. Thank you, man, for coming on tonight. Yeah, of course. Thank you. I'm catching you right in the middle of September. You know, of course, elk season's going on right now, and I've been seeing you've been posting some some stuff on, up on Instagram. So, how's that going for you right now? Yeah, it's good. It was, um, yeah. So let's see. My elk hunt came to an end last last weekend. You have three weeks of archery here for the cow and a spike or a spike hunt, and so that came to an end last weekend um and we got into the elk for sure um which was which was really cool and saw a lot of bulls bugling and everything and but that came to an end but what's neat here is there's an extended season and so basically as soon as that hunt ends this next weekend the big bull open bull basically closes and then in a different unit along the wasatch front an extended season goes until like the middle of November or December or something like that. So that's kind of fun. Where is that? Is that Utah? That's in Utah. Yeah. Okay. So um, that's pretty cool that they do that. And it's basically to provide hunting pressure to, they call it the Wasatch Front. Um, so basically all the mountains around the Salt Lake Valley so that they provide hunting, hunting pressure there to keep the animals out of the city. And so... Um, last year we got into some elk as well. So even though my, my one season is kind of over, I'm, I'll continue to do that as well. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I mean, that's a kind of a good way of looking at it. Cause you know, here in Kentucky, we've got, we got a little bit of elk, but where I live specifically, we don't really have that. Uh, we don't have an elk population established. It's a little bit, maybe towards the, the South, the Southeastern side of the state. And it's, if you drive maybe an hour and a half, two hours directly south of me you'll run into some elk so uh it's kind of interesting hearing your perspective on providing hunting pressure to elk to keep them out of the city so that's that's very interesting to to be able to hear that (laughs) and it's cool they do that with the the deer tag as well so basically you you get a deer tag or you get an elk tag and then like i said this next week it opens it up into anything really. So any branch antlered bull, any cow, um, any elk, and then also doe or buck. So, um, my archery tag really kind of goes from the beginning or the middle of August until December. And so that's, that's fun. Yeah. That's not bad at all. I mean, that that sounds like a pretty good, uh, investment into the the hunting season. I mean, that's a good few months of hunting that you can get out of it. Yeah. And I, and I've, I've really gotten into the archery, I guess side of things and that's where I've come up with mountain physio as well for the archers and hunters in general but it's been fun to I've always I've always archery hunted I guess since I was about 16 years old 
And before that, I was hunting muzzleloader hunting and rifle hunting. And I always wanted just something else to kind of push you that was just a little bit harder. And archery hunting is definitely, definitely the ticket. It's, it's tough. Yes, it is. <laughs> especially, I don't know, especially here. I haven't hunted. I've hunted in Colorado a few times for with rifle elk hunting and deer hunting and had some pretty good success there. Hunted in Wyoming for an antelope and um, but as far as a bow, I've only kind of hunted here in Utah with my, with my bow and gosh, it's, I don't know, it's tough this year. I put so much work and effort into the first, those first three weeks of deer hunting and elk hunting that I was just exhausted. Like, I don't know, it's when you're hiking, you know, seven, eight miles a day and it's basically straight uphill and then straight down and it's just gets to you. So yeah, it'll definitely wear you out. I mean, that's that's some that's a lot of mileage to be putting on on your legs, be put on your back, and that kind of thing. And that's a that's pretty tough. That's a tough few weeks you get put into that. Yeah, and I and we had fun. Like I said um, on my Instagram, I showed some pictures of some of the bucks we were seeing. And we the first weekend, opening weekend, I really wanted my nephews who I was hunting with to get one, and they each had shots at them, and so that was pretty cool. And then the second weekend we went to a new area, an area that we had hunted before and knew that there were some nice bucks there. And then when we got there, we saw like, you know, so many really nice bucks. And then the following weekend we went back and spent about five days there. And I actually um, put a stock on a, a four, a little four point. He was probably only about, I don't know, 18 inches, 20 inches wide but put a stock on him and ended up taking a shot at him at about 40 yards. And it was literally shooting off of a cliff. It was pretty cool. Um, and I miss, and then come to find out he was limping. And I was like, I think I hit him. And he went back and he bedded right back down. And this was almost, I mean, this was eight o'clock at night. So it was getting dark. And I took another shot at now at 50 yards and I hit him just slightly and we, we tracked blood for, I don't know, 50 yards. And then he bedded down where we, we wanted, we left so he could bed down the next day I went back and this was, this was two weeks ago. The next day I went back and we bumped him from his bed and he wasn't bleeding at all. And he ran off and so I don't know, it kind of put a, it put a, I don't know, it was, it was tough because I've never really shot anything and not recovered it. And for me to hit this one, not hit him very good, and then see him run off after we were just so close, it was just so, it was hard. It was a good experience, and I learned a lot, and I kept telling my nephew, like, you know, who's 15 years old, who's just learning how to do all this, I'm like, you know, this is, these are the this are the things that you learn. You know, we got to play the wind ride, and, you know, we got we to gotta let him bed and, you know, bleed out, and he just never did, and... So it was some good experiences and good learning, good learning experiences for him and for myself as well. But I don't know, just put a, it was just kind of a bummer not to, not to recover him. And I don't know if he'll die because of the arrow. Um, he just really wasn't bleeding that bad, but I do think he will probably die from honestly a lion or something because there was a lot up there and he looked like he had a hurt leg. Anyways, that was kind of a, that was kind of an interesting experience this this fall the last couple weeks that after that happened I was just like man I'm kind of just discouraged and I don't know that happens I think oh yeah yeah it definitely does I think I mean anybody who's going to hunt for any amount of time you're 
I mean, I, I feel like we're going to have those scenarios. I've, I've had a few myself where you, you get a, you know, maybe not a great textbook shot on an animal and you've got a tracker for a long period of time. But in your scenario, I mean, at least you had a little bit of somewhat of some closure because you were able to actually, you know, find them and he saw him walk off and that kind of thing. Like you said, he, he's probably going to end up expiring anyways, but I mean, that's, that's kind of how, how things go out there. Nature's pretty rough and life eats life. So things like that's going to happen. And, and it's, uh, I think the, the internal struggle that we have is a good sign because I mean, when we're wrestling with these ideas of, I guess the, the ethics of, you know, putting in shooting towards an animal and maybe not necessarily getting a, a great shot on it. I think it's a good sign for us as hunters because we're seeing, we're seeing this animal in this state. And I feel like if we, if we continue to, to hunt without any kind of compassion towards that animal, I feel like it would, uh, it would put a damper on us as, as hunters and it would put a damper on us as, but of what we're meaning to do as hunters, if that, if that makes any, any sense. And I, I think that, that as hunters, we have to have a certain amount of compassion. That's, that's obviously evident in, in your, in your story that you experienced over these past few weeks. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's, and that's kind of what I, you know, that's why I think hunting is such a fun, it's a, such a fun hobby and brings you back to your roots of, for me at least, you know, hunting when I was a little kid with, you know, I can remember, you know, when I was four or five years old going out and, it kind of grounds you back into the old, those old traditions with your family and everything. And yeah, just, that was an interesting experience that I had this year that I don't know if I, I don't know if we, if anyone could ever prepare for. And, you know, I, I spent all summer long really trying to prepare um, physically and mentally, but that, that specifically was a mental challenge that I just wasn't, I guess I wasn't prepared for. And so it was kind of, it was really interesting, but I do think it's it does show those ethics in um, and and the life that we value. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Is we, you know, for myself, I value these animals that you know I get the opportunity to go out and chase around or you know pursue. And then when it comes down to when I get a chance to harvest one, then it's you know I get a I really value that opportunity because it provides you know. I'm, I'm taking a life, but it's providing life to and sustenance for my family for the rest of the winter and the, you know, for the rest of the year, really. We haven't had to buy, you know, meat since I usually will get an elk every year, every other year. We haven't had to buy um, beef for over 10 years. And so it just is something that I really look forward to. But it, yeah, it was an interesting perspective, you know, not being able to harvest something and, but it was good. Like you said, it did bring some closure that he did. He did run off and he looked healthy, um, except for that hurt leg of his. And so, but yeah, it's just one of those things that like you put so much effort into it and comes down to, you know, valuing life. And I think that's one of the things that I do is I value life and I value the, and I, I guess I appreciate the opportunity to be able to pursue these animals. Absolutely. Yeah. We live in a, we live in a pretty, incredible country where we value wildlife enough to actually put tax dollars into caring for them into conservation efforts and that kind of thing. And that, that goes so much deeper onto a, a personal level. I feel like as hunters, because we are, you know, we're, 
we're in the mix of things. We're the ones slinging arrows. We're the ones, you know, in there preparing all summer and, uh, you know, dealing with these, these types of encounters where we, I mean, there's just, there's so many possibilities that, that can occur. And I feel like hunters have a very unique perspective on wildlife because we value the animal and we value the pursuit and, and we want to do everything that we can to, to protect it. And it's a, it's such a unique relationship that we have. And I think you showed, showed a lot of what it means to be a, a true hunter by, by, by continuing your pursuit of trying to figure out, you know, if this animal made it or not. And I think that's a, it's a very refreshing story being able, being able to hear that. And I think it's a, a unique story. And the fact that you were able to do that, I think it's, I think it's going to bring some more closure for you in the, in the future. And it's going to bring some more experiences for you in the future. And, you know, like I said, I've had some, some very similar experiences and I probably will again in the future as well. And it's just, it's just part of who we are as hunters. I mean, that's just, just the risk that we, that we take with it. Right. And that's, and that's kind of the emotion that gets involved, I guess, with, with hunting is, and that's why I guess one of the the harder moments was, you know, I spent all really all year long practicing. And I think we do that as, as, you know, ethical hunters is, you know, you practice for months out of the year, shooting your bow and dialing it in and making sure that you have, you're taking good shots, but um, you do that with a rifle as well. You know, I, ideally you don't just go the weekend before and start, start shooting or practicing, but you spend uh, hopefully not <laughs> all year, right. All year long. And that's where I think that's where I've noticed that this community, the hunting community in general is a really cool community because they do value animals lives. And we put a lot of money into, um, conservation, but at the same time, these people are you know, most people that I meet, you know, they're, they've turned this into a lifestyle and that's mm-hmm. kind of what I've been able to do as well is turn this into a lifestyle where it's not just, you know, two weeks out of the year, but it comes down to, you know, preparation and preparing all year long and then, and then going out and whether you're successful or not, you've been preparing all year long to do your very best so that when it comes down to it and you and you decide to, you know, pull that trigger that you're giving that animal everything you've got. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, uh, like you said, it definitely is a lifestyle and it's something that for a lot of us, it, it becomes part of who we are. Like if we took hunting away, then it would completely change who we are as people. I just had a really good conversation with, uh, Kip Adams. So the director of conservation with uh, QDMA quality deer management yeah. and, uh, just had a really good conversation with him and, he, he kind of mentioned that same kind of thing is that if we take hunting away from us, we, we become totally different people. And that's how you know that, that you're living this hunting lifestyle. And it's, it's, I feel like it's such a unique, unique relationship that we have with wildlife. And yeah, like you said, the, the hunt, hunting community in general is just very, very giving and they do it in a way that I don't know. I just feel like is, is unique amongst amongst other communities is that is that something that you have always experienced i mean have you always been into hunting i mean when when did you really get into hunting who who first introduced you yeah i i think like most people i guess i would say it started with probably my my dad and my brother and then it started from you know my 
my grandpa, so my dad, or my grandpa introducing my dad. And so just kind of passed down from generation to generation. And so for me, it was, I can recall, you know, from a young, young age of really three or four years old, getting out and going deer hunting on our mules. So we have a bunch of mules that we ride. And so I can remember going and getting out on those and riding during the fall after, you know, on the muzzleloader hunt and then on the rifle hunt. And so that's where it really started when I was, I guess 12 is when I really went on a hunt and was able to, you know, get a deer. I guess I got a deer when I was 14 and did that with my brother where we stalked in on these, on these deer on the muzzleloader hunt. And so it just kind of transitioned from, I guess, my dad to my brother helping me. And um, that's kind of where I see as well. For me, it's kind of fun to really help my nephews get into this and, you know, learn the different techniques. And so that's when it really started for me was when I was young and I, I got into big game hunting and then some upland game hunting, doing some pheasant hunting and chucker hunting. And then it turned into duck hunting. I was working at a sportsman's warehouse at the time and had a couple of friends there and we started getting into duck hunting. And that's a passion as well that I, I love and I get a, I look forward to that every year. And so it just kind of turned in from to one thing to the next and mainly had my dad and my brothers helping me. But then there's some, some of those other things like duck hunting and some bird hunting that I had some friends do it. And yeah, just a good time now that I've actually now been able to kind of get my brother and my dad back into duck hunting. And so it's kind of gone full circle and I've been able to introduce people into some, some types of hunting, which is fun. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned this. We actually have some very similar stories because my dad, he introduced me, you know, as a teenager to, to whitetail hunting and shot my first year, maybe, I think I was maybe 13 or so at a little farm that we were living in, in uh, Northern Kentucky and shot my first deer then was, you know, grew up deer hunting, that kind of thing. Uh, that's pretty much all I did. It was, you know, that November three week rifle season was, is about all I was hunting at the, at the time. And then as we got into college, I guess as I got into college, I, I you know, kind of got away from hunting a, a little bit just because where I lived, there wasn't a whole lot of opportunities. Where I was going to school, there wasn't a whole lot of opportunities, but I still kept fishing and that kind of thing. But once I took this job here in Moorhead, which is on like the northeast side of Kentucky, uh, met at the high school I was working at. So I was an athletic trainer at the high school, and um, one of the coaches, he's a soccer coach, we got to talking at a basketball game one time and he invited me on a duck hunt. And ever since then, he's, he's now one of my best friends. Cause we, he's introduced me to all kinds of different types of hunting and, uh, you know, turkey hunting, duck hunting, goose hunting, uh, all these things that I had never done before. And he really just kind of took me along and showed me how everything operates. And, uh, it's really cool having these, these friendships and people that we meet along the way that, that can, you know, show us these different types of, of pursuits that we can do in the outdoors. And, you know, those things turn into passions because now, uh, I mean, the idea of a spring gobbler, you know, springtime comes around and you go out and chasing turkeys. I mean, that, that just, that is comparable to me to whitetail hunting. I mean, it's, it's, it's up there on the priority list now in, 
thank goodness I've had friends that, you know, showed me and exposed me to that, that kind of thing. And now I've been able to introduce my dad into turkey hunting and actually took him on his first turkey hunt this okay. uh, last spring. So it's, it's kind of interesting how that full circle continues and being able to hear that from, from you and your story. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's the same thing for me. I got into um, turkey hunting about, well, this last year for sure. I hunted my first springtime turkey hunting here in Utah and turkey hunting in Utah is another one of those basically mule deer type hunting. It feels like where you're spot and stock and yeah. it's, it's pretty <laughs> tough, but um, it was so fun this last year. And what's nice from where I live, you can go, you can go for, you know, two or three hours in the morning and then be back and go to work or spend time with the family. And the same thing with um, duck hunting and waterfowl hunting. I do, yeah. I can go out for a couple hours. And so, it's a different, I guess it's a different investment, time investment. I probably spend a little, I spend more days at field because the season's longer, but my wife and my daughter definitely appreciate um, the fact that I can go for a couple hours and, you know, get the, you know, release the stress that builds up throughout the life, throughout life, and then um, get back to work and get back to the family as well. Cause I think that's, that's one thing I've realized this the last few months, or excuse me, the last few weeks is that work, that work life balance and balancing hunting and everything else. And honestly, for me, like when I get introduced to a new, one of these new hobbies of hunting or, you know, a different, um, I guess, animal to pursue, then I try to, you know, give it my all. But this time, this time deer hunting, like I put so much effort into it that I just really, usually after the archery season, those first couple of weeks, I have to really take a break, honestly. And so that's what these last two weeks have done. have just been, you know, I've just got to take a break. I need to fix some sprinklers. I need to, you know, do some things that, and take care of my family as well. So that, that work-life balance is a, is I think something that's always a challenge to, to try to, to try, try to balance really. Yeah, there definitely is a, a work-life balance in the, the hunting life balance definitely kind of like what you were getting at there you, you know i'm a husband and father as well and I've, I've always got to make sure that things are good at home before i can head out into the woods there's nothing worse than you know feeling guilty for for going out and hunting whenever you know you have that that feeling in the back of your mind where you think you should be back at home i mean it's uh that that balance and just making sure everything's good with with the wife and being making sure everything's good with the kids and uh being just making sure that we spend enough time in those, in those areas of our life so that whenever we do go out and hunt, we can, we can pursue it with everything that we got. We can completely focus on that task to make sure that, uh, we are as, as successful as we can be. I mean, that that's a very good point with the balance. It, it's actually funny because I had wrote that down right before you said that, cause I was going to mention that and you, you nailed it. So, but yeah, but balance is, uh, is definitely something that we got to have. And so you, you're working, full-time as a, a physical therapist right now, right? Yeah, that's correct. I work full-time, um, 40 hours a week as a physical therapist. And then on the side, I'll do some other physical therapy as well. So how's that, how have you been able to merge your, your passion for the outdoors with your profession, with the, your physical therapy profession? Yeah, that's a great question. When I, so I like you and you know, when you're in school and everything, so I did my bachelor's degree um, 
and received that in exercise and sports science or kinesiology. And then I did a minor in Spanish language studies. And then after that, I jumped literally like six days later, jumped right into grad school and pursued my doctorate of physical therapy. And then literally two weeks after I graduated from PT school, I jumped right into my residency, which was a year long. And so for me, it was like nine years of just school went through every single summer and everything like that. And it's just one of those things you, you know, I've always had a, a love for learning and a passion for learning and higher education. And I think it's a great thing. And, um, and I really liked the healthcare field and taking care of your body. And I, one thing that I really liked as well was helping other people. And that's kind of how I see physical therapy is providing a service and a knowledge to, you know, people to help them, whether it's taking care of their muscles, their bones, their, you know, their heart, their mind, all sorts of things to keep them active and healthy for the lifespan. And that's what's so cool about physical therapy in general is it's a very, there's a lot of things you can do with it. And for me, it was kind of that absence of during those nine years of just full on school, I didn't get to do a lot of hunting. And it was something that I really missed a lot. And I loved being working with active people and athletes. And so for me, I was thinking about this as I was getting ready to graduate and I was finishing up my residency. I'm like, man, there's mountain athletes, hunters and bow hunters. We're athletes as well. Um, And I think what I was seeing in the physical therapy field is there's a lot of, you see a lot of sports physios, you see a lot of sports physical therapists with, you know, athletic teams, whether it's college or professional level. And just looking into all my resources and what I was passionate about and decided, you know, I, I'm passionate about the outdoors and I'm passionate about the outdoor athlete. And that's where I kind of came up with mountain physio is, you know, the physical therapist for mountain athletes and hunters and, you know, outdoorsmen. And that's, that's kind of where I started merging it. And so when I was in my residency, I was kind of putting things together. And then as soon as the residency finished and I was into work a couple of years, I decided I need to, I need to start up mountain physio. And, and that's where I, that's what I did. And so far it's been pretty good. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. It's been, it's been really fun to expose people to what physical therapy is. I think oftentimes it gets misinterpreted and as a advocate for, you know, hunting as an advocate for taking care of our bodies and physical therapy, I've been able to introduce a lot of people and educate a lot of people on what a physical therapist can do and how, what they can provide for people. PTs, I mean, physical therapists, you guys really do play a very important role just, just in, in the whole population in general. And I, I thought it was very interesting. This is a lot of the reason why I wanted to have this conversation with you. I thought it was very interesting that, that you focus your time with mountain physio on hunters and those, like you said, the, the mountain athletes, the wilderness athletes, the people that are in the woods, you know, the outdoorsmen that are getting out there because, because there's definitely a physical demand, kind of like what you were getting at, uh, when we first started is there is a physical demand that's going to, it's going to wear you down. I mean, it's going to be, you're going to be climbing mountains. You're going to be going up 
you know, steep hills. You're going to be going down steep hills. There's, there's all kinds of different dynamics that are going on with the movement around the woods and the movement around the mountains that it can really start to take a toll on you. And it can potentially even prevent you from doing future hunts because of the, the physical shape that you, you may be in. I mean, uh, and then of course that's going to affect the psychological aspect of it. So as your body gets tired, of course, your mind's going to get tired and, the, the fact that you even, uh, that you were inspired enough and that you wanted to start mountain physio is just really neat. And it's really interesting. I think it's, uh, just for the little bit that I've seen of it and, uh, the little bit of re- research I've been doing into it. Um, it, it definitely looks, looks like a pretty cool little setup that you've got with, with mountain physio. Yeah. Thank you. I've, I've had a lot of, um, what's been really neat to see is as I was, as I was starting it up, and my wife and I were, you know, going back and forth on how to get it going and everything. What's been neat, and we kind of just, we just said we're jumping in and we're gonna do it, you know, both feet in. And what's been neat to see though is the support and really the, I guess, desire from, I'll say, the consumer or from, you know, the hunting industry. I, you know, bring up these things like, Hey, I'm, you know, a physical therapist. I've got this doctoral degree and I've done a residency and I can do a lot of manual therapy. I can do exercise, prescription, coaching, all sorts of things that are encompass physical therapy. And people just say, gosh, that is exactly what I want. You know, I want an expert in the field of rehab. I want an expert in the field of exercise and that's kind of where it's been really neat to see, like I said, to see the passion from other people, you know, reach out to me, say, Hey, you know, I've got this going on. Could you please help me? Or, you know, I just want your opinion. And so it's been, it's been fun to see. And it's, I've had a lot of support from a lot of other people. Yeah. I think there's definitely a need for it. Cause like we were saying a minute ago that this, this hunting lifestyle is exactly that it's a lifestyle. I think we're seeing more and more people now, uh, with, with our generation that's, that's coming up that we are, uh, we're wanting to, at least the hunters, at least we're wanting to be in shape year round and we're wanting to better ourselves year round for the purpose of being able to, to go out into the woods and be able to go up into the mountains and, and hunt hard and be able to hunt focused and be able to not necessarily be drugged down by our physical capabilities and of course that's going to affect our mental capabilities so i think there's definitely a need for for what you're doing because because of that simple fact yeah and i and i think one thing that i've recognized and is that yeah you you see this kind of shifter in the hunting industry where you're starting to see you know a lot of different trainers and things that are posting great exercises and they're, you know, doing some different training specifically for, um, mountain athletes or, you know, endurance and stuff like that, which is all great. And you kind of, you kind of see that you're kind of seeing it everywhere on Instagram is all these exercises Mm -hmm. and things like that. And all these people who are all into, you know, going to the gym. So they're ready to hunt. And for me, it was like, well, if I can provide a service, even to these people who, you know, even to these, you know, trainers and who know exercises and stuff like that. Well, some of the, you know, some of the, I guess there's some overlap, but there's also a very distinct niche of physical therapy and what it does 
to as far as being able to um, educate or being able to address the mental aspect or being able to address, you know, the the manual therapy side of things or, you know, a lot of different things that encompassing physical therapy versus just exercise. And so even for these people who are very active and stuff like that, mountain physio is great for them because they know a lot of the exercises. They know a lot of these things, but they just need, you know, sometimes they're just missing a component of to their program that can, and something that I can do is assess all that and, you know, help them even that much more. And so it's really been cool to see how it helps those that are just getting into archery, those that are just getting into hunting, but also those that are very experienced and, you know, got these, have these issues and they just want it taken care of so they can continue to hunt for the rest of their life, really. And that's, and that's one of my main goals is, you know, I don't want people to miss out on a season. I want people to be able to hunt every season if they want. And I don't see a reason why they shouldn't. And so if we can do that with some physical therapy and avoid a surgery or, you know, rehab after a surgery, then that's my goal is to help people do that year after year. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's definitely, uh, definitely sounds like something that, that is needed and something that is, uh, that a lot of people should definitely take advantage of. And what kind of services do you actually offer through mountain physio? I mean, what, what, how does the evaluation process look for you? Yeah, it's a good question. I, so here in, here in Utah, I do physical therapy out of a gym called mountain ops. Um, I'm up there and can, you know, see patients up there. I also have the capability of going to people's homes and doing like an in-person in-home visit and, or meeting them at other gyms and stuff. So here in Utah, that's an option where we can do some specific one-on-one physical therapy. What's been other services I provide. So online, I do a lot of online um, consulting and coaching. And that's been, that's been actually going really well where I've received a lot of referrals and a lot of questions from people outside of the state of Utah who are looking at improving, you know, they're having some shoulder issues and they want to shoot their bow better and they want some training that way, or they have an exercise program and they've just got some questions because they're getting massaged. They're doing all these different treatments, but they're like, just something is missing. And so they want an expert who knows their sport or their passion of hunting and the demands that, that, that is required of them. And so that's when they've reached out to me. And so I've been doing a lot of those actually, um, online telephone consults and, I do it over a platform called Zoom where we can do like video conferencing. And so very, very similar to any telehealth. And that's really kind of what it comes down to is some telehealth, some telephysical therapy. And so doing some consulting and coaching that way has been going pretty well. So more specifically on the, on the Zoom, like the satellite, how are you actually able to, you know, you mentioned some manual therapy and that kind of thing. Are there some manual therapy things that, that patients can do on their own? Are there some uh, different exercises that, for archery specific that you can kind of lead them through, you know, developing their, their rehab plan? Yeah, absolutely. So I definitely develop a rehab plan um, for specific 
to archers and bow hunters on, you know, good shoulder mechanics and everything. And, and it's, it's pretty fun to work with the patient to come together and, you know, develop a plan. That's kind of, that's a lot, what a lot of physical therapy is, is, you know, building that rapport with the patient and then developing a plan together. And so doing that over Zoom or over like a telehealth platform works good. And I guess the way to, yeah, the way that it's been going is developing a plan together. And then if there, it's been fun to problem solve, looking at different motions and, and looking at the whole picture. And so oftentimes people will be at the gym and they'll say, Hey, I've got an issue doing, you know, this front squat, or I've got an issue with this. Can you take a look at it? And I'll take a look at it and be able to provide some exercises to address that. And there's oftentimes some manual techniques that you can provide to your, you know, do to yourself or have others help you with. I've yet to have really others help. Um, but there are some things that I teach my patients to do, to do manual techniques to themselves as far as releasing, you know, some of the soft tissue or some of the scar tissue and things like that. And so there are those, there's that component. Another component that is oftentimes overlooked, I guess I would say is the ability to, I always take a thorough evaluation of my patient and, you know, if it's necessary that they are going to a physical therapist, then I have no problem, you know, contacting a physical therapist that's close to them and saying, this is what this patient's got going on and this is what they need. Will you take a look at it? And so there's a lot of collaboration between other providers that I do as well, between physical therapists, between you know, personal trainers, um, chiropractors, you know, physicians, all sorts of people. And so having that, you know, having it so people can have a physical therapist, they can have, you know, me mountain physio in their corner, helping them with their sports specific, but then also communicating with some of the providers that they're seeing as well. Is it difficult to find, you know, other providers that may have the same kind of mentality that we as hunters have? I mean, is it, have you ever ran into, you know, uh, another, maybe another physical therapist or a physician that, you know, may think that you're being too aggressive, that kind of thing, that kind of thing. Has that ever occurred as a result? Just speak, just simply because they don't necessarily have the, the experience with archery or the experience with bow hunting and that kind of thing. Um, not that I've really encountered. There's what it comes down to, honestly, is when I've spoke with some physicians and, um, when I've been developing these plans with not just physicians, but with my patients and they're looking to me and other providers are looking to me as the movement expert and saying, okay, you know, we've done a, we've done our history. We've done our examination. We're looking to you, Preston, to, to see, you know, what's the next step for this person as far as movement goes. And so they really do look at, um, physical therapist as movement experts and what's the, what's the best movement for this person. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's great to have that, uh, you know, that support from, from other providers and the, the support, of course, from, from your patients and that, that, that amount of trust that they put into you as their provider, because I mean, this is something that they're passionate about. Of course, hunting is going to be, I feel like the hunters in general are going to be passionate people in the fact that they're, they're trusting you with, with their, their body and to getting them back healthy, I think is a, I think it's a pretty, 
pretty incredible to uh to be able to experience that yeah and it i mean it is a there are some different demands that we put on our bodies is you know like you said climbing up a hill a mountain every single day for five days for seven days i mean if you go up into alaska and you do some of these sheep hunts and stuff like that and you're climbing so much elevation like it puts a toll it takes a toll on your body you're sleeping in kind of awkward positions and and that was actually interesting this year it was a personal experience for the opening deer season here we were sleeping on basically the side of a mountain and we took a shovel up to dig it out and it totally messed up one of my um one of my ribs or I pulled a muscle and it messed me up for a couple of days. Like I was having a difficult time breathing. And, and so there's a lot of demands that you don't, I guess, expect to happen. And sometimes they do. And so being able to recognize that as a physical therapist and say, you know, these are some of the things that you have to do. You have to lift, you know, an elk quarter that weighs a hundred pounds or more, you know, into for us pan, you know, into, into the saddlebags or into, um, for on the mules or you have to be able to put it onto your back and carry it, you know, make multiple trips in. And it could be a whole lot of things that, you know, that takes its toll on hips and knees and, and everything else in your back. And so recognizing that as a, as an avid hunter myself, that there are demands that these sports play, that hunting plays on each person is important, is an important factor. And I think also one thing that, I really, I guess, like to not clarify, but I guess demonstrate is that that physical therapy is very specific. You know, there's there's a lot of people that say, you know, do this plan, this plan's the best, or, you know, this plan is the plan to get you back. And, and really what it comes down to is an individual plan. We're all so different and we all have, you know, our, we all have so many different capabilities that looking at an individual plan is is better than looking at a global plan. Like you said, there's there. I mean, we all have, you know, different things going on with our bodies. We all have different muscles that are going to be bothering us. We all have different joints that are going to be bothering us through all kinds of experiences that we've experienced through our, our lives. And, uh, that having that personalized plan is, uh, is something that I think is, is very important. Like you said, and, and how early can somebody actually begin working on this? You know, if let's say hypothetically, they're having some issues right now. Can they go ahead and start planning ahead for next season to try to get better into that way? It's not going to be something that, that hinders them later on. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's really where I've, where I noticed is this year. So we opened our doors basically in April or May, right? During um, the Turkey hunt, we opened our doors then as far as starting to see patients and the ball is just, the snowball's just kind of gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and it's starting to get, it's growing a lot, which is great. But I recognize that even, even March, like March and April are great times to start, but it even needs to start, you know, it needs to start sooner. It needs to start now where you're preparing, you know, the hunt, some of the hunting here is ending um, for a lot of people. People won't continue to do the extended archery hunt here. And so their, their bow hunt is kind of over. And, and so people need to really, keep up with things and sometimes that can be overwhelming but but that's the beauty of physical therapy is getting a plan that you can maintain versus continuing to you know go somewhere and just kind of get burned out and so that's one of the beauties um of this physical therapy in a specific routine is you know developing something that 
they can continue all the way into next year to keep them, you know, to keep, keep them above, you know, where they should be. Yeah. I think the burnout is something that, uh, I think a lot of people experience because like you said, I mean, it's just something that they do for a while because initially they, they really want to get better. Initially they are going to, you know, do the things that they want to get better. But then that, that level of, or that next step of, maintenance is where it really kind of falls apart and there's a roller coaster that i feel like we kind of go through as a result of that because you know hunting season's approaching we're in really good shape you know we've been working all summer to get better and then february march april come around and and we're back to uh back to where we started the year prior so there's not really a whole lot of progress that's that's being made and we're just kind of going in this this never-ending circle so the the idea of maintenance i think is something that uh that is important i mean just from personal experience something some things i've experienced you know trying to trying to get ready for hunting season that kind of thing it's just it's so much easier to maintain something maintain a workout or maintaining some kind of program whatever it may be than it is to stop and start and you know deal with that burnout and that kind of thing yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why, um, again, I'll, I'll just say that I, I love this model of physical therapy that I have is because I really get to help people who are passionate about something that I'm passionate about, but also very busy people, you know, people who are, you know, have a family who are working full time and don't have the time to maybe go to the gym or they maybe don't have the time to go, you know, see a, a physical therapist or a you know, a trainer or anything like that. Well, we can do a lot of these things, you know, at home. And so just having these frequent visits, um, with a physical therapist with myself and doing it in the comfort of their own home really works well for people who are busy, people who are working all the time and people who have a you know similar passion of mine. Yeah, definitely. And people that are, you know, you're doing these Zoom calls with, they they have no choice but to do it from their own home, <laughs> which is a, right. a very interesting, uh, very interesting way of, of looking at it. Because I mean, they're, you're there to coach them, you know, literally in their own homes and to help them get better and to, uh, you know, provide them with these with these services. What are some good or what are some better factors or some great factors to consider in order to reduce risk of injury in the field. I mean, you, you kind of mentioned it a little bit there uh, with your, your story of your, your back giving you some issues. What are some ways that we can, as hunters, actually re- reduce the risk of actually getting injured in the field while we're out on a hunt? That's a great question. And in general, like if you look at some of the, the main research that's being published right now, in general, some of the, the best practices that people can do is maintain a level of aerobic capacity. So people who are doing aerobic exercise, you know, whether it's so, so cardiovascular exercise, so getting their heart rate up basically is what it comes down to people who are walking, you know, people who, whether, if you like to run, go, go running. If you like to be on the elliptical, if you like to swim, you know, if you like to just hike, do some hiking, maybe without a 60, 70 pound pack, Another good thing that I um, posted lately or recently on my Instagram post was on trekking, the use of trekking poles. And so using trekking poles, something that's called Nordic walking um, in the literature or, you know, just walking with 
you know, hiking poles basically. And so whatever, that's one of the main things that if people continue to do, then they maintain that level of um, endurance. And that's one thing to, to prevent injury. Another thing, oftentimes you'll see these people who, you know, jump right into a specific exercise or a specific training program or, or anything like that. And they just hit it so hard that they get a lot of these overuse injuries. And so working on not jumping into two, into things, into workouts too fast, whether it's, you know, Olympic type lifting or whatever it is, even, even something as simple as, you know, going and shooting your bow, if you haven't done it for a while and you jump right into it and you do too much, then you can have an overuse injury. And so there are some specific things like some specific training programs that you should incorporate and, you know, how much you should increase your workload per week. And so those are all things that are, um, that are important to consider. Yeah, that, uh, I can definitely feel that whenever I first start shooting, you know, early in the summer, you know, uh, that 70 pound drawback is, is a little bit heavier at first than it is, you know, this time of year after I've shot a few hundred arrows over the summer, <laughs> but right. yeah, that, that, that building up the stamina and building up the strength is something that, uh, that I feel like as I've gotten stronger with it, that I've got more control over my shot. I, I, I feel much more confident. There's a psychological aspect of it because I now feel, feel more confident in my ability to shoot because I'm not all shaky. I'm not all worried about, you know, my, my arm shaking while I'm trying to pull back on the bow the first couple of times. So, and, uh, but yeah, that, that level of, uh, that ability to be able to build up stamina and be able to build up strength, I think is something that, uh, not just in archery, but just in, in hunting in general is, is, is in a very important aspect of it. Yeah. And, and in hunting in general, I mean, that's what I was, um, mentioning and getting at was the, the cardiovascular component, the exercise component, like people who are more, you know, more fit people who are just doing more regular exercise tend to have less, less issues. And so people like, if you're looking at, you know, what's one of the best ways of maintaining my level of fitness or what's one of the best ways of avoiding some injury? Well, um, it's doing some cardiovascular, you know, exercise a few days a week. Yeah, absolutely. And definitely start that early, right? I mean, how early would you suggest or just to do it year round? Yeah, it's a a good thought there. So most seasons start, I mean, if we're going to say in August, that people are preparing for the elk hunt, um, September, we'll say even, but August and September for the archery deer and elk hunt, then you should be training a few months ahead. So May. May is a good time one. That gives you plenty of time to, to get prepared and get ready and get your, get yourself physically, physically ready to go. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's kind of what would be recommended is a few months ahead and, and start out a program where you can add, you know, 10% um, increase a week and, and do it over 12 months, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That sounds, that sounds great. I appreciate you sharing all that information with me tonight. And this was a real good conversation. I learned quite a bit of it and uh, I appreciate you taking some time tonight. Yeah, of course. Thank you, Tyler. I I appreciate the time as well. It's, um, it's always fun to, 
take a break from the field, I guess, and get back to just talking about good old exercise and what mountain physio is. Absolutely. Before I let you go, though, I got I got one question I need to ask you. This is something I always ask my guests, and I I'm interested to see from your perspective what what you come up with here. But my question for you is, what does hunting mean to you? Yeah, that's a that's a good one, Tyler. Um, to me, hunting is I guess I've said that I've said it before in this um, during our conversation that it truly is a lifestyle and whether people ask me like, Oh, you know, why, why do you hunt? And they'll ask my wife, gosh, Preston, he is really into hunting. Huh? And, um, to me, hunting is more than just going out and chasing an animal and taking shots that you shouldn't. And it, you know, it's more than just, you know, shooting at any animal and killing, I guess that's what it comes down to. It's more than just killing. It's a matter of conservation. It's a matter of enjoying um, the outdoors. And I think for me, it's a way of relaxing. It's a way of reducing this, some of the stress in my life. And I think each of us should find, whether it's hunting or not, everyone in life should find a passion or should find something that they pursue to avoid or to be able to avoid burnout to avoid you know burnout at work or the family or whatever it is to me hunting is gives me that opportunity that opportunity to be able to pursue something that i'm passionate about be able to enjoy the wilderness the outdoors reach back down into my roots of you know these memories that i've made with my dad my brother my grandpa um, and be able to share that now with my wife, my daughter, my family, and teach them about what hunting is, about, you know, being ethical, about being smart, about being safe, about enjoying, you know, the, the flowers, the ladybugs that land on your hands, the horny toads you catch, the all sorts of things like that. To me, hunting is about enjoying this life that we have and being able to do that and um, like I said, a lifestyle that we can that we can pursue to ultimately live a healthy life. And that's why I love hunting and that's what is it's what's important to me. That's why I've kind of geared mountain physio around um, hunting is you know I want people to I want people to train you know year long year round or train better and be able to hunt the best they can and be able to live a healthy life. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's a, a great answer to that question that just the ability to be able to, to reconnect with nature and be able to reconnect with the outside is uh, something that is very unique for us as hunters. And like you said, I think that everybody has to have something that, that, the, that they're able to, you know, kind of disconnect from the day-to-day grind and be able to pursue outside of, you know, whatever, whatever it may be, their, their career, whatever it may be. And, you know, that, that idea of relaxation and being able to share that with people is something that's, uh, that's very important for us as hunters. So thank you for that response, man. That was, that was great. Yeah, of course, Tyler. Thank you. I appreciate it. So where can listeners that, where can they learn more about mountain physio? Where can they sign up? All that kind of stuff. Um, so my website is 
Mountain Physio, M-T-N-P-H-Y-S-I-O, mountainphysio.com. And people can sign up for a newsletter that I'll send out, um, try to send it out, you know, once a month or once every other month about specific exercises or, you know, just kind of a take-home um, principle to kind of get them through. Um, it can be also some of my experiences hunting. And so it's, it's more about exercise. It's about fitness. It's about health in general. So that's a good way, um, a good place to sign up. There's a lot of information on mountain, mountain physio. There's a blog that I'm adding to constantly. And that's where if people are interested in signing up for services, a consult, um, some coaching, they can sign up at mountainphysio.com. And then also on my Instagram page, which is mountain mountain underscore physio is where I'll usually post something every day about either hunting or about fitness or, you know, a rehab technique or different aspects of what we've basically talked about tonight, hunting and family and fitness and everything. And so my Instagram, I have a Facebook page and yeah, that's where people can follow me. Awesome. I'll be sure to put all those links in the show notes so that listeners can, they can just go straight to the show notes and click the link there and be connected straight to you. So again, thank you so much for being on tonight. Uh, this was a really great episode. I, I think I learned a lot. I think everybody else that's going to listen to this is going to learn a lot. And thank you so much for, for being on the Rice Kill Elite podcast tonight, man. Yeah. Thanks Tyler. And Next time in, I'm in um, Kentucky, I need to come down there and, and chase some whitetails. Absolutely, yeah. Let's let's make that happen because uh, I'd love to have you here. We can go out, you know, maybe in the springtime do some turkey hunting. And, yeah, just let me know and we'll get that worked out. And if I'm ever out in Utah, I'll, I'll be sure to let you know. I'd love to go out there sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. I, that's one of my – yeah, one of my favorite things to do is just show people, you know, Utah, show people the – the great opportunities of hunting here. So yeah, it's definitely a beautiful country from, from what I've seen of it. Uh-huh.